Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Unsportsmanlike Commentary. This is DC, and I'm here with Tyler. Tyler, how are you? Long day at work, my guy, but I'm ready to talk some fucking football. That's what's up. So we're going to get into it this uh, uh, this night. We're going to talk about our impressions of week four. We're going to talk about the report card. We're going to get graded here. And uh, we're going to give you guys a little bit of insight onto what to expect Thursday night in the matchup there between the Bucks and the Bears. So stick around. Football Talk coming up next. All right, so we're going to start off by uh, looking at the games that we played out in week four. Uh, we saw some upsets. We saw some games that should have been blowouts, not be the blowouts we thought they would be. Tyler, give me three takeaways that you had from this week's of games. Okay, well, let's just start off with the, the Cowboys are fucking awful. You've got a team that is invested so heavily into the offensive side of the ball but can't keep pace with a team like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Odell Beckham, uh, he, he, he did damage to them in the air and on the ground. Odell went the <laughs> fuck off. Like that shit wasn't even kind of fun. That that fifty yard rushing touchdown oh, in the fourth quarter yeah. uh, was just it's just pissing all over the Dallas Cowboys shoes. Like, go fuck yourselves. Eh, no. Yeah the the, the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know. It, I I don't understand how you can give up forty eight points in a game. That to me is is insane. Well, it, you want to know what's more insane? It, it's not the 48. It's the two points that the Cowboys gave up on that fucking botched extra point that ended up turning into a two-point conversion. Yeah. Yeah, right? that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. how, how can you be – I, I don't understand. I don't understand – DeMarcus Lawrence is not earning a cent of the deal he got. Not mm-hmm. one. Yeah, your secondary's shaky because, you know, you couldn't pay necessarily everybody. It also raises a question as to, yeah, he's got some characteristic issues, but giving, given how bad you've been on the defensive side of the ball, how the fuck is Earl Thomas not on your roster? It's a great question. He's an upgrade over whatever the fuck you got right now, obviously. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure my like 5-year-old son would be an upgrade over what they got out there. It's uh it's 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 hard to watch. That that defense is just bleeding points. Uh I'm pretty sure they they're actually in a competition with the Atlanta Falcons to see who has the worst defense in the league. And I think at this point right now they're winning. They have to be. I, I'm. I am ninety nine point nine percent sure that the Dallas defense is ranked dead last. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. Dead last. So, all right. So we've established Dallas. They're off to a terrible start this year. I think that if you're a Dallas fan, uh, you got you got to probably have some serious concerns about the direction this team is headed. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot they got to fix. Uh, all right. What else? What else we got? Uh, the Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns aren't that good. <laughs> they just hung up 40 48 on the cowboys so why why on, on a terrible a terrible fucking defense look at their three and one through four games yes those three wins came against a shootout against joe burrow a very a, a one score win against the football team mm-hmm and beating the crap out of uh, a, a terrible Dallas defense that while you hung up 48 on them, they had 30-plus on you. Yeah, I think they, they had 37, I think, they finished with. Um, look, at the, look at the one team that that the, the Browns have played. The Ravens. 38-6. to six. That's, all, that's all that needs to be said. Correct. Take, take that running game away from Baker Mayfield. 
and it's over. Baker Mayfield only in that win against Dallas only had like 186 yards passing. Correct. Correct. Like that- you take you you take that running game away from him and force the ball into his hands. No, you 99.9 percent of the time, motherfucker, you ain't gonna win. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think they definitely have keyed in on the run game, and uh, that was insane. I was I was watching that game, and I remember seeing in the fourth quarter that he had you know somewhere around 160 yards and two touchdowns, and you know they had 40 some odd points. Uh, I don't I don't remember last time I saw an NFL game where the a team had scored that many points and the quarterback had thrown for so few yards. Well, well, not only that, Jarvis Landry was one for one for like 43 yards and a touchdown. So. Best best quarterback on the team. I mean, I, I'm I'm still out. I need I'm I, I I'm not going to buy into the Browns as a legit contender, especially in their division, until they start playing legit teams. Because the one legit team they played, they mm-hmm. got their asses run the fuck through. Right, and and don't forget the other legit team in that division, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, ah, that's going to be mm-hmm. that's that's. That's going to be a challenge for them. And I definitely – I think you're right. When I look at the division and I look at who I believe the top two teams are going to be, it's going to be the Ravens and the Steelers. I don't, I'm not sure which order yet, um, but one of those two teams uh, is going to be number one. The other one's going to be number two, and the uh, the Browns are going to be outside looking in. No, I, I, would, I would have the Ravens over the Steelers in that division. Um, the, Ra- the Ravens just have too many fucking people. Like that Steelers defense is – no joke, mm-hmm. but the Ravens, the Ravens have are stacked on both sides of the ball. I would give the edge to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Okay, so what's your what is your final takeaway this week? Uh, that no team from the NFC East should be allowed in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you, re- you, you, re- you realize that one team out of that division is going to get a home playoff game. Yeah, that that is insane. The the division leader right now is Philadelphia at one, two, and one. <laughs> and their their one win mind you, like I had the Niners in that game by double digits. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. It took until the fourth quarter for Carson Wentz to put away put put up a big score against a fourth and fifth string cornerback tandem. Like it shouldn't have taken that long. It, if anyone watched that game with any confidence that Carson Wentz has figured it back the fuck out, you're wrong. Because no. And the the middle linebacking core outside of the the pass that Nick Mullins threw directly to the uh, he played I don't I don't know his name he played in the XFL that's all I know he <laughs> threw it direct, like right. he threw it right at him outside of that like your their their front four in Philly is stout like they can stop the run the passing game. Your your linebacking group is fucking weak, and your secondary is even worse. Correct, like, correct. Uh, like you're getting burnt by second and third stringers, dude. Like it's time, and you only won by five. It's time. No, you can't. You can't judge Philly's one win of the year based off of what they did against San Francisco. I agree. So I'm going to move on to my hot takes. And uh, the first one that, that stood out to me came uh, actually after the, the game was over when uh, Bill O'Brien was fired. And I, I just couldn't help think, but that, that was that was a move that was done four weeks too late in this in this football season. I don't believe he should have been the head coach, uh, general manager, whatever but he, the fuck he had. He was doing the general managing and the coaching. He rarely ever That rarely ever works out. Didn't work out again. Uh, this year, and we see the Texans at zero and four. Clearly, clearly they are missing uh, the presence of a number one true wide receiver. Um, not to say that Will Fuller isn't doing you know his thing. He he, he had a great game, 
but he does he Deshaun Watson needs a DeAndre Hopkins or someone equal caliber out there to really be effective. Um and he he's not getting that support. And uh, the Texans really shot themselves in the foot, I believe, over the summer when they made that trade. So with with the Bill O'Brien firing, mm, yes. I agree with it as the GM because it is GM. He is fucking retarded. Correct. As a head coach, he's not as terrible as advertised. I and I don't like. I I agree to that to some extent. The problem is when you're the general manager, it really puts strains on the relationships in the locker room. You're right. No, you're you're 100 you know? right. So that way, like, you, you, like you couldn't just fire him as one. You had to fire him as both. You did, yeah. Um, and here, yeah. here's my case for your point. You said, you said they're missing a DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. What they're missing is a solid number two. I think Will Fuller has an, more than enough potential to f- that wide receiver one role. But outside of that, there's there's nobody really to account for. Yeah, Brandon like, Cooks has, has been a bit underwhelming. Uh, Kenny Stills is just not not being consistently huge. Like Kenny Stills had a touchdown in the mm-hmm. loss, great. But Will Fuller is a great number two. When you've got a DeAndre yes. Hopkins demanding double coverage, Will Fuller can burn you all fucking day. He is, but I do believe he's a number two. And the reason why is I look back at last year, and there were games where Will Fuller was out due to injury, and DeAndre Hopkins was able to carry the load. Will Fuller doesn't have that ability. He can't carry it by himself. I do agree with you. I just think the the adjustment needs to be made not much so much as like towards – the wide receiver one, but more is like, who do we need as a wide receiver two to, to kind of hone in on and focus as like, we need to give almost the same amount of attention as him. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think the Texans are about to, about to begin a rebuilding phase. Uh, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to rebuild when you just gave your quarterback a fat fucking extension and that salary cap is going down. Yeah, it is. And I don't And, and all the the picks they traded away, they gave, they give a, a, at least, I think it was two first rounders for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, it's, it was, it was at least one. It was like, it was, it was either a one and a one or a one and a two. Right. They, they, they bet all their chips on, on a horse essentially in the off season. And unfortunately it was, it was a horse with a busted leg. Yep. Uh, that, that's how I feel about it. So my second big takeaway, and I know we already talked about this a little bit, uh, but I, I really believe that Dak Prescott is going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. I'm not, I'm not talking about overall best quarterback, anything like that. I'm just talking about purely from a fantasy standpoint, he's going to finish He's going to finish the season as the number one fantasy player. Yeah, you're, and you are probably right. But the record will reflect the same. Yeah, probably, like, yeah. Yeah, he's probably going to finish number fucking one. That, that's great. It, it, it's easy to do that when you're a capable quarterback mm-hmm. with with three outstanding wide receivers. Yeah, and a, and a solid and, pass catching back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a, he's he's been a little he's left a lot to be desired in the running game so far. Who uh, was Zeke? Yeah. Zeke, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Like, um, you've, yeah, you've got a you've got a pass well, catching back. When when you're throwing the ball, uh, you know, sixty times a game, because Zeke isn't the guy that's going to rip off huge chunks every single time. He's going to wear defense down because he's going to be consistent. He's going to be ripping out. Uh, some level of chunks on the ground, but he's he's going to be the guy that's going to, you know, if he gets forty yards on ten carries in the first half, he gets another ten carries in the second half. He's going to give you another seventy yards, right? He, he's a wear you down type of back, and he's not getting enough touches right now. He's not getting that that run presence because they're playing from behind so much. Well, that's exactly the point. Yeah. They abandon Mike McCarthy is actually abandoning the run game faster than Jason Garrett would. Correct. 
Correct. Because Jason Garrett at least let it go to halftime. Right. The the thing we have not seen yet is what will Mike McCarthy do with the lead? Because we really haven't seen the Cowboys in a position to protect a lead yet. Uh, so that that might change the game script a lot. But we, yes, I agree 100% that as, as of right now, as long as they're playing these negative game scripts, they are abandoning, abandoning the run far too early. I got to be honest with you, outside of the two games against the Giants and the football team, I don't think they will really ever see themselves playing with a lead with the fucking horrible defense they have. Yeah, we uh, that, that very well could be the case. So my, my third and final takeaway, and this is a tough one. There's two things that I was kind of looking at. I was looking at the, the Indianapolis defense, which was awesome. But I'm not going to pick that one because, uh, let's be real, the, Dare, the Bears offense isn't exactly clicking either. Um, Justin Herbert, I know you talk, I know you picked uh, the Chargers to, to win as the upset yeah. pick. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they didn't do that, but they did put up a hell of a fight. And Justin Herbert – Looked like one hell of a good quarterback. What what a great prospect, or at least so far he's looking like he's going to be. I I was right on that pick through three quarters. Yeah, yeah, like, and, then, and then Tom Brady found he still had a little bit left in the tank, and he turned it on. But but man, Justin Herbert's looking good. Charger fans should be very excited about the way he's playing uh, to start his young career. No, they they should, and they should be thanking. The, the team doctor that punctured Tyrod Taylor's fucking lung. Like, they, I, Tyrod, or fucking uh, Justin Herbert wasn't getting that start against Kansas, against Kansas City. Correct. And like, he, he, got, he got told five minutes before kickoff. Correct, correct. And you got to like, tip your hat to him, too, because he took, he took advantage of his starting opportunity, and he made it so that it's very hard to take him back off the field. Right. And it's like... You took the Super Bowl reigning champions to overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, the Chargers have a great front front four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Their secondary, especially with Derwin Derwin James being out for the year, is suspect at best. Yeah. Yep. So it's like you hold. Those group of fucking speedsters where you have Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins can still fucking burn you even though he's kind of forgotten about sometimes. You got Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who is proving to be a uh, – he's not Jamal Charles-esque so much yet just because he really hasn't been given the opportunity in half the games they played. Right. And, you know, that's going to be – I think that's going to be part of it this year is there's going to be games where you're going to see him get opportunities and games where he doesn't. Um, but uh, I will say for uh, – uh, you know, I know we're kind of going over uh, the time here, but the, the Chiefs I actually think are scarier this year than they were last year because they no longer need to just outscore everyone to win games. You're right. And it's, it's not just they have to outscore them. It's just now – they had multiple ways to beat you through the pass game, and now the run game. They they can now, they've shown now they, they can have, win on run. They have a they have a legit run game now. Yeah, yep. Here's the here's the only hope that you have about trying to stop the Chiefs. Contain that. Have the presence of mind to be able to contain that run game because, as they showed last night, they'll abandon it very quickly. And go right back to, oh, fuck, we need to get into Tyreek or Miko Hardman, Sammy Lockett. We need to get it in their hands. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that type of mindset is going to hurt Edwards Hilaire. Like, you need to give him touches. It's like, yeah, it's a pass, almost a pass first type of offense in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. Especially with mobile quarterbacks, but like you need you need to get that run game, dude. Because if they get that run game on a consistent fucking basis, dude, you're gonna try and stack the box and get burnt every which way. It, you know, it's really interesting too because the the Chiefs went from being one of the most fantasy friendly uh, offenses, right? Like everyone wanted a piece of the Chiefs' offense for for fantasy, and 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 they still have relevant value. But now they've really become a kind of a toss-up. Uh, Pat Mahomes is not playing like a top three, four quarterback as far as fantasy points go. 
Uh, Tyreek Hill is uh, in and out consistency. Tra- Travis Kelsey's had some issues with consistency. So you're not seeing them get their superstar stat lines that we're used to seeing. But it's not necessarily a bad thing for them if they can find better balance. It's just not good for fantasy players. There's only one part of that argument that I don't necessarily agree with, and it's Tyreek Hill. Like, with Tyreek over the last couple of years, it's been – he's either – True, he has, he has found a much higher floor. You're right. Now that I think about it, you're right. He has found yeah. a much higher floor this year. He's, he's either it – was, it was he's scoring 30 or he is scoring, scoring fucking two. Right. He is consistently through four weeks. He is getting you double digit points. Yeah, and yeah. I, like it's and it's hard to 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 take a step back from when you were used to getting those high high ceiling games from him, and disregarding the the fucking low floor games he was having. You taking a step back and going, okay, he's going to be more of a consistent low end wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Which which isn't terrible is like you drafted him like ninety nine point nine percent because there's all sorts of fucktards who draft ninety nine point nine percent of people who took him were like he's the wide receiver one right that's my guy if you somehow found yourself in a situation where he's your wide receiver too I I don't understand how you're not winning your league. If you just completely botched the rest of the draft. <laughs> True. So moving on next, we're going to be looking at a report card. I know you've seen it, Tyler. What do you think? Um, well, as you pointed out, uh, don't give it away yet. Don't give it away yet. Oh, oh, excuse me. Apologies. Yeah. But, uh, we'll be, uh, uh, after we do the segment, we'll actually be posting this on our, uh, on our Twitter feed. So please, uh, if you're listening, do subscribe, do follow us, because uh, you'll be able to see the report card uh, all printed out with uh, color-coded. I actually added some color to it. It's looking very fancy. And you'll be able to see who the smarter of the two fellows is. <laughs> T.E. <laughs> it's the one that made the report card. Well, it's <laughs> the one who, well, it's not the one who finished with the lowest percentage, I can uh, promise well, you that. Yeah, we'll see about that. Well, we'll be right back. Stick around. Report card coming up next. Yeah, so then I just used an extra finger, and I guess that did the trick. But oh shoot, we're uh, we're back. So we are going to talk about. Thank you, thank you. So we're going to be talking about the report card Uh, to fill the viewers in. uh, I'm going to break break it down how it works. So uh, I went. We went through every prediction of every game that we made from last week. All right. There's three different grades we could have gotten. If we correctly called the win and whether or not the team would cover the spread, that would be an A, which counts as four GPA points. If we got either the win or the spread correct, one or the other, but not both, then that would be a C. That would be two GPA points. And if we missed out on everything, if we missed the team that won, we missed the spread, then we got an F that is zero points, right? This is the most fair and objective grading skill that I could think of. And I want uh, listeners to keep in mind that the line, the spread that we're using is not the one that was uh, there at kickoff. It's the one that was there when we made our predictions, okay? So, uh, Tyler, how do you think that we did? I think you don't let your fucking color, color commentator have any fun. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm I'm very sorry that you feel that way. We've had to we've had to stop and fucking re-record fucking three times already because you won't let me make any teehees. <laughs> uh, but but I I'm sorry you can't make was, any teehees. As I was saying, uh-huh. you you threw a jab at me. What? No. In the in the pilot episode that. You have a college degree, and you know what you're fucking talking about. Well, mister, <laughs> it seems I have the higher GPA. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, we'll we'll find out. We're gonna go through it, gonna go through the list, and we'll we'll break it down. First it's thing, not a, it's, it's not a we're gonna find out, motherfucker. I'm looking at it right now. I have the higher GPA. First game, 
Colts and yeah, Bears. Yeah, we were both wrong. We, we were, were both we were wrong. both wrong. Yeah, we both we got us. We, we both bought in like Nick Foles is going to be the savior, and it's just like no, Matt Nagy should not be a head coach. And it wasn't so. And I, I still don't know if we bought it. Like it wasn't. The, it was the Bears being bad, or if it was just the Colts being really dominant defensively. I will say this: as good as the Colts have been defensively, they have not been very impressive on offense. And here's my counterpoint because I'm not completely out on Nick Foles in Chicago, but if they lose to the Bucks on Thursday night, because that's another stout defense. But yeah, but it's a stout defense. They got 30 points rung up on them by the Chargers. If Nick Foles can't even keep it close, like he wasn't able to until garbage time. Right. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, it, it's probably not the quarterback. Well, no, okay. It's not the quarterback outside of Mitchell Trubisky because he shouldn't have, he should have never been taken yeah, two no. overall. That was, that, was, but, that was a franchise-killing pick right there. Um, next game, Jags and Bengals. Speaking of franchise picks, we're talking about our boy Joe Burrow. Uh, we said that he was going to win. The line was two and a half points. That's all the sense he had to cover, and they did, and they won, and we both got A's. Yeah, we we both got A's, but I don't know, man. The Jags versus the Bengals, and that game up until like halfway through the third quarter looked like a fucking toss-up, so I, I don't know. Joe Burrow is going to be a great quarterback in this league. Right. Give him an O-line with what he has. Build that defense up, like. Joe Burrow's going to be something special in the NFL. You know who looked good in that game was uh, Joe Mixon. He actually had some really nice plays where it wasn't he wasn't getting any help from the O-line. He still managed to squeeze some stuff out. It was actually pretty impressive. Mixon with three touchdowns, it, he looked really great mm-hmm. against a pretty porous defense. Yes. yes. Um, and Boyd, who I had like super high love on for fantasy-wise – he still put up production. He had he a did. touchdown called. He had a touchdown call back. Correct. Because of of, of an offensive holding, mm-hmm. it, that's unfortunate. But at the same time, look, look for the Burrow Boyd connection to continue. I agree. I mean, and even though he didn't get that touchdown, uh, the volume was still there. The volume was definitely and, and still there. And, and there's and he is still trying to feed AJ Green. And AJ Green is not producing. He's not. He's just not the same AJ Green. Uh, next game on the report card here is the Browns and the Cowboys. The uh, line was Dallas by four and a half. Uh, we both picked them to win. However, I picked the under. I thought Dallas was only going to win by four. You picked the over. I got a C. You got an F. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we both. Even though you got a C, we both picked this game way wrong. That is so true. Way wrong, and we—I like, know we really, we really spent enough time talking about this game, but yeah, it was that was a dumpster fire. That that was. that was that was more of a testament as to how bad the Cowboys defensively are mm-hmm. than more of a and a and a testament as to how good the Browns can be on offense. Yeah. Next up on the report card, Saints and Lions. Uh, this was my upset pick of the week. And for the first quarter, it was looking like a great pick. Uh, it was uh, looking like a great fucking yeah. pick, man. Like, yeah. fu- but yeah, <laughs> but but then I don't know. Matthew Stafford went cold. The the Saints just, I think they they scored. Uh, I don't. Know, I can't remember how many points in a, in a row. But they just the Lions stopped scoring. The Saints went on to score a lot, and the Lions, you know, tried got it back together a little too late, too little too late, and they could not pull it off. Uh, I got an F. Uh, but you got an A because you picked the Saints to win and cover, and they did. So the Lions have actually blown eight consecutive games where they have led by double digits, which is I, if you have your backup, Sorbo, Slurbo, who the fuck Scarborough, who, yeah, I think so. Who gives yeah. a shit? You got him. You can understand it a little more. Mm-hmm. Stafford. Oh, right, like, that shit gets hard. Like yeah. I was watching I, the, the, through the first quarter. I was like, I was like, God 
damn, he got it right because he is the, the lines are beaten up on the fucking Saints, and then nope. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. They uh they have one great receiver in Kenny G, and they uh, he only got targeted six times. Um, and I know the Matthew Stafford likes to throw a ball around, but he was the only one producing. They got to give him more touches. He needs 10 targets a game. TJ Hawkinson was another dude in this game that I had high, and he really didn't produce much. No. Um, So moving on to the next game, which was uh, the Seahawks and Finns here on the report card. Uh, We both thought that the Seahawks would win and cover. The Seahawks did win and cover, although it was definitely closer than we anticipated. It was it was not as an impressive game as most would have thought. Like mm-hmm. Seattle had multiple opportunities to get up big and put this game away, but fuck me, the Dolphins held on up until halfway through the fourth quarter, and yeah. Yeah. that should give you hope as a Dolphins fan. The Dolphins have honestly put up a respectable start to the year, all things considered, for where their expectations were. Because uh, they haven't looked god awful in really any game. No, you're right. And I... they lost to the Bills, um, and they played the Bills close. I think they lost by three, right? Yep. Uh, yep. They they beat up on uh, what was it Jacksonville? Uh, they beat up on Jacksonville like a, a better team would have. Um, they played the Seahawks a lot closer than anyone anticipated. Uh, the the Dolphins, I'm telling you, I think they're a, a bottom tenish team, not a bottom five team. They're tennis, but the the real testament is going to be when they finally decide to turn to Tua, yeah. which I legit like. I legit thought would be this week. Right. Yeah, I think that we we both thought that by week five the Dolphins would be looking so bad they'd be they'd be bringing in Tua. But um, well, it, it's it's not even that. Like when you were looking at the preseason schedule, week five you have to go on the road against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco with that nasty pass rush and that front seven, it's depleted. It, it, it it's it's not it's a shell of its former self. Their third down defense is horrible, horrible. Like I I legit thought I'm like when when I saw reports coming out like they're not making a call until they sit down with consultants, you know, the team consultants, to see if Tua would start week five. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, no, this this would be the week. You go up against a banged-up shell-of-itself defense. But they already came out and said Fitz is starting week five. Yeah, and they, they have – I'm not saying they're going to be the favorites, but they have a chance – they have a shot at winning. Yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not to the lack of – you know, it, it, I mean, it's the lack of the depth of position. Like, agreed. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, which was your pick uh, for upset of the week. And it's the, uh, let's see here, it's the Chargers and the Bucks. And you uh, picked the Chargers to win and just barely cover, uh, which they did not. Um, you got the F, I got the A. And uh, I know we already kind of talked about this game. It was, I mean, it. It wasn't a bad pick, I'll tell you that. The The Chargers really did put up a great fight. I was right for three quarters. Yep. I was, god damn it. Like, when I saw that shit and they were up two touchdowns, I was like. Yeah, I thought they were going to pull wow. off for a minute. I really did. I really did. I did not, I did not see the five-touchdown performance coming from Tom Brady, uh, which was very unfortunate because I played against him in fantasy uh this week as i also did not see the three touchdown performance from tanyan from the green bay packers and that hey, also hurt hey. me buried we'll me get in. we'll get into that yeah but, that, that's a different but, conversation but not not just not just five different touchdowns it was five different touchdowns to five different receivers right. which in tom brady's career was the first time that's ever happened which is kind of surprising when you think about some of the offensive weapons he's had through the years. And, and even crazier to think about, his best receiver isn't even playing in the game. True. Yeah. And, and Mike Mike Evans was hobbled through it. Chris Godwin didn't play. Right. O.J. Right. Howard got one of those touchdowns, but he's likely out for the rest of the year. 
Yeah, the the I will say this: the the Bucks uh, having a Thursday night game with how banged up they are uh, is probably not what they desired. Um, I think I think Godwin will be a go for the Thursday night game because I, I think he was pretty close to being the go for Sunday. Mm-hmm. the The name I would start trying to pick up would be Cameron Bray because Gronk is not the Gronk of old. No, he's not. He's definitely not. Moving on, we have the Ravens and the Washington football team. We The line was uh, 14 points for Baltimore to cover, and they did exactly that. Uh, so we picked uh, – both of us picked them to win, both picked to cover. We both got the A. If you, if you look at this Baltimore team with how high their expect, expectations were, mm-hmm. this was a really bad game. I don't give a fuck what the outcome was. Because through the first half, they looked horrible. Yeah, I kind of I, – I was a little surprised because I, I figured after the loss to the Chiefs, they'd come out, you know, wanting to hurt someone, you know. and right. uh, But also it could be a testament that maybe the Washington football team isn't as terrible as everyone's making them out to be. They have some young pieces that are starting to play. They're still not a very good team. Uh, but they're not a rollover – uh, team that everyone kind of expects. I I I expected this to be a huge blowout, and it, it didn't start becoming that until halfway through the third quarter. Right. That's that's a testament as to like like it was like it, legitimately that game was like watching the Ravens in the playoffs. Did you see that RG three made it onto the field for that game? Yes. Yeah. That yes, was he, he <laughs> and then threw an interception. Threw an interception <laughs> right away. Yeah. Just like how, just like how Stidham made his way onto the field and threw a pick six, and his ass was benched. Yep. Although I do feel bad for that pick six because that was just a horrible uh, drop by um, Edelman. Oh my goodness, Edelman. Yeah, I yeah, don't give a fuck. So next game uh, on the report card here is the Cardinals and the Panthers. Uh, we uh, we we were wrong. We were very wrong on this one. We thought the Cardinals would win and cover. Uh, they definitely lost. And it wasn't even really that close. It, it, it goes to show, man, like Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is still a college coach. Yeah. Like he hasn't t- – he took that s- step forward against San Francisco in week one. Here, here's and what's puzzling. That- here's what's puzzling. Why aren't they playing Chase Edmonds more? Because he's been the better back so far. Because they they drafted for Kenyon Drake. They saw what Kenyon Drake was able to do on a bad Miami team. Like I I I, I understand. There's part of me that understands, but at a certain point, you've got to you've got to hit. Yeah, yeah. To the point where, like, yeah. Even if it is just like you split them, Kenyon Drake does all the running game. And Chase Edmonds is your passing back game because Chase Edmonds in the passing game, even dating back to last year, has been has been proficient. Yes, absolutely, he has. So we'll see if the Cardinals can rebound this week. Uh, but that's two straight losses, uh, which I know that as a 49er fan, you have to be feeling pretty happy about. I'm. I, I don't. We'll, we'll 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 cover this more later when we get to the Philly San Francisco game. All of this really shows is that like. Kyler, Kyler Murray is – he's still human. He's, right. he's not that super next-level like Lamar Jackson type quarterback yet. Correct, yet. Um, next up, we have the Houston and uh, Minnesota game. Now, you picked you, – you actually had – originally you had the Texans winning this one, but you went yep. in reverse course and picked the Vikings to win, which was the correct decision because they did. I picked the Texans to win. However, even though it was only a four-point line, I did not pick the Texans to cover. I thought it was going to be a three-point game. So you got the A on this one. I got the C. Um, and honestly, it was uh, – I mean, it was a disappointing effort, I thought, by the Texans. And I understand how this is the kind of game that gets gets a coach slash GM fired. It was like – and I, I swear to you, it wasn't – it wasn't a gimmick. It wasn't thought up beforehand. I switched my pick through that podcast. No, I remember. And, yeah, I remember. That's, and uh, you had the liquid I, courage to do it. You had the liquid courage. 
it was it it wasn't even that. It's just remembering like, oh yeah, Minnesota has a <laughs> fucking run game. Like it, it, Dalvin Cook went the fuck off again. Absolutely, he's boy, he's playing and, well. And and your 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 boy, old David Johnson, uh, he, is average as as average as fucking possible. He did not look very good. No. No, he didn't. He no. has not. He David Johnson has not looked good this season since week one, and his one good look was the touchdown he ran for. And I even texted you after that fucking run, and I was like, "Damn!" It's like that. That that looked good. Yeah. yeah. That looked good. Ever since ever since that fucking second, he has looked like the garbage broken David Johnson that we have been experiencing for the last four years. We'll see if he gets, we'll see if he has another uh, you know rebound effort in him, but yeah, it's not looking good right now. It's not looking good because it's been four years. Next up, we got the Rams playing against the Giants in what was, I thought, one of the ugliest games of the week. Horrible. Just a terrible... I don't understand. Okay, so the Rams were were favorites by 13 points. I think they ended up covering by eight. Um, so we both picked them to win. They they didn't. Uh, sorry, they won, but they didn't cover. So we got C's for both of us. But man, that was brutal to watch. Yeah, that, that shit. It wasn't even kind of fun. No. Like I, I, I took I, I grabbed Jared Goff off the waiver wire in, in in our money league and I'm rocking three quarterbacks right now with how unstable Wentz has looked. Mm-hmm. Like Jared Goff looked so bad. It, it's not like you were missing. You could make the, you could make a case for for a performance like that with if he was missing, you know his number one or he's missing tight end or oh we got backup right no dude you had everybody you had everybody and you almost fucking legit i'm going to say almost lost even though they covered they and the the thing that was hardest for me to watch was they were not for some reason against the giants defense they were timid to to make to go for the big plays right go downfield correct they they were doing the screen passes or runs, then that, that was really all they were willing to do. And I don't understand why you don't throw deep against a team like the Giants. Um, Who got torn apart by Nick Mullins right. for 341 yards. Right. Get the fuck out of here. Like, dude, that, sh- that game should have been done. Yeah, it should have been, and that's we we didn't think that the Rams receivers and quarterback was going to be like a great fantasy option because we thought that they would be pretty much running the ball after halftime. Well, it turns out that like they were just bad all game. So, and, and now you're faced with the same situation coming up in this next week. If you're looking at fantasy, this next week they play the Washington Football Team. I I think you got to play them. I think you got to roll with them. I, I think that. They're going to win against that team, but they're not going to uh, dominate, and I think it's going to be probably closer than we, than we expect. I don't know. The, the Rams got me confused now. I thought they, they are not the – they. It, it's very hard to evaluate them. Um, but let's look at the next game, Bills and Raiders. I was nervous about this. Bills were favored by three. I thought that was probably by how much they were going to win. Well, they won by a little bit more than that, which I can't complain about. We both picked them to win. They did. We both picked them to cover. They did. Both got A's. And I told you. You did. They had them by a touchdown. You did. I, I'm i not a believer in the Raiders. I'm not. Not even kind of close. But I am a believer in organizations that draft the right people bring right. in the right pieces and keep their front office and their coaching staff intact. Correct. Uh, you know, you got to look at that Stefan Diggs pickup for them. That, that's been such a, such a huge addition for them and it's made Josh Allen such a better quarterback. It's not only that it's just, it's opened up just Stefan Diggs alone. It's opened up the entire mm-hmm. offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. You look at, 
John Brown and Cole, Ble- Cole Beasley getting their work in. Right. Like, like that wasn't happening when John John Brown was lining up as the one. Right. I remember last season, the, the Bills still had a 10-6 and six year, right? They were a decent team. But if you put up 20 points on the Bills last year, you were going to win that game. Yes, that was that was an ugly year. Right. For, for like that playoff loss against Houston was one of the most brutal games I've ever watched, including last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, where was, the, nine, the Niners blew a fourth quarter lead. Like that was brutal. Man. Yeah. Like I, it was rough. Uh, the Bills uh, this year are looking much better. Josh Allen is looking so much better, and he just looks more comfortable. Um, he's not rushing when he's got pressure in his face. Uh, he's become very comfortable at just buying himself more time to make a better decision. Uh, and he's gotten very good at it. So it's been really nice to watch as a Bills fan. Um, I'm looking forward to their matchup next week. Uh, well, if, if they end up playing against the Titans, who knows if Titans are going to be playing or not. So with an update that came out, all the Titans – Tests are coming back negative. It's looking like it's going to be a go. All right. And y'all should blow them the fuck out after almost two weeks of not doing anything. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Might have given them more time to prepare, but you never know. Well, let's get on. That was my team. Let's get on to your team. The Niners and the Eagles, we both got Fs on this one. They did not do what we thought they were going to do. This was a brutal game to watch. It, this, this was this was the coming to Jesus moment for 49ers fans. You are now seeing, like, yes, they, they lost to the Cardinals week one. Kyler Murray burnt their asses with their legs, and that's when they had everybody. Week two, you got the Jets. Garoppolo goes out. Mostert mm-hmm. goes out. Uh, fucking Bosa's gone for this season. It was looking ugly. Now, when you say they had everyone in week one, they were still banged up, like especially at the receiver position. But you're right. Week two is when, like, they really got the guillotine. Well, yes, at the receiver position, you you say banged up because everyone was expecting Debo Samuel to fill in. Well, I mean, yeah. be like the Emmanuel Sanders type guy in that locker room. But even Ayuk was coming coming in, coming in hurt. It was – it was a team that was hurt, and they got hurt even worse. And it's they're they're. Uh, I think that this is the game, like you said, the coming to Jesus moment, where Niner fans realize, okay, what we did last year probably isn't going to happen again this year. This was so brutal. It wasn't. It wasn't even like, oh, we're not going to do what we did last year. That shit. That that hope ended after Nick Bosa went out. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, okay, we just lost one of, legitimately, one of the best players in the NFL. Right, right. Like, like that, like that's it. And then when D. Ford's dealing with a neck and back issue, D. Ford may never suit up in red and gold again. It's a sad reality. But, what about once? Let's talk about the Eagles for a minute. We, we you know, let's talk about. Let's talk about the Eagles. What did you see? What did you see from them? Nothing special. Yeah, I, it's it's concerning to me that Miles Sanders has been so contained uh, to start the year. If you're an Eagles fan, I think this has got to be concerning um, because the you know you, you need either an off a pass game that will open up the run game or a run game that will open up the pass game, and right now they really don't have either. Well, that game against San Francisco should open the eyes of all the upcoming opponents of the Eagles. Don't send it up the middle. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is not going to get it done up the middle. Right. Right. Because they, they were con- like Javon Kinlaw, Arik Armstead, they were containing him in the middle. It was when they got to the edge. Mm-hmm. When they got to the edge is when they were fucking roasting the San Francisco defense. And guess what? When you're talking about the edge, guess what? That, that also opens up. You're, it, it opens up the fucking... Uh, God damn it. The snapping? It opens up the snapping? No, it doesn't open up the snapping. The fucking... <laughs> like the RPO reads. <laughs> yeah, run, the run pass options. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, like, yeah, and then you have a mobile quarterback like Wentz. I mean, he's not like a burner, but he's mobile enough that you have to respect it, right? He's he's not he's not a burner. He runs a lot like an old man right now. After with with all those injuries, right? right. But it, dude, you if you can get to the edge, and San Francisco, even as hobbled as they are, are a, in the top fifty percent of defenses. So we're gonna, so we're gonna move on to the Chiefs game against the Patriots. Um, I mean, we both thought this was gonna be a bit of an ugly game, especially once Cam was, uh, you know, confirmed not to be playing, and it was an ugly game. Uh, I thought that obviously it took a little longer for the Chiefs to to really pull ahead and put the game away, but they ended up doing what we thought they were gonna do. Um, if you're if you're a if you if you drafted Patrick Mahomes this year in fantasy. How do you feel about it right now? Um, I, I, honestly, you have to feel optimistic because what's going to happen is you you take away their run game, it, they're going to go back to that pass-first fucking offense like they did in the second half, even with a lead, mind you, mind you being at three points. Now here, here's why I would be concerned if I was a, if I had a Pat Mahomes on my team. Is the the Chiefs' defense is playing really well at the moment. Um, when we saw that even last week when they played against the Ravens, um, and they really contained Lamar Jackson for large stretches of the game, like the second and third quarter, Lamar Jackson got nothing. Um, and when your defense is playing that well, it alleviates the pressure of having to score. You know what I mean? So I, I actually read an article. I'll never be able to name the the, the wide receiver they had doing it uh-huh. because I'm, I'm assuming he was off the practice squad. But for that entire week of lead up to that Chiefs Ravens game, they had one of their practice squad guys, who I'm assuming is a speedy wide receiver, right. they had him lining up against the defense, figuring out how to contain him. So we're going to have to pause right there. Uh, we're about to run uh, over the limit here for our time. We'll be right back here in a minute. We'll finish up this conversation as well as get into looking at uh, what's going to happen on the Thursday night game. So stick around. All right, welcome back. So we just finished talking about the Chiefs and the Patriots. We're going to look now at the Falcons and Packers, the other game played on Monday night. Um, oh, and by the way, we both, I can't remember if I said it or not, but we both did get A's for the Chiefs and pa- uh, Patriots game. So it, what it oh, came down to, what it came down to is we were tied numerically by GPA uh, at halftime of the Packers and Falcons game. And if the Packers won by seven or more, the GPA edge would go to you for the week. If the Packers won by seven or less or lost, the GPA edge would go to me. And what happened, fuckface? Uh, the Packers won. So you got the A, you got the four points, I got the C, I got the two points. Uh, which brings our my collective GPA for the week. I had six A's, four C's, and four F's with the GPA of uh, 2.29. And you had eight A's, very nice, one C, and five F's with a GPA of 2.43. So kind of contradicts that, that the slams last the week. The season is young. You. The season is young. About, we'll about, see where no, this no, goes. No, 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 no. It ain't about the season being young, motherfucker. Uh, it is because we're doing this every week, and there's going to be a cumulative GPA at the end, too, to see who won overall. Uh, well, it, it goes back to your snarky little comment about, oh, well, I have a college degree, <laughs> blah, 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 fucking blah. Fuck you. I was fucking right. And I was right against an offense that did not have Devontae Adams. And for the opposite offense had Julio, even though he re-aggravated his fucking hamstring, and Calvin Ridley, who was held to no catches on five targets. So, as someone who owns Calvin Ridley, how did that feel? Brutal. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, that was... Like, after after the early Monday night game, mm-hmm. when I saw I was still double... 
I was still down more than 20 points. I was like, I lost. Mm -hmm. It's not PPR. It's not. And then I checked the fucking stat line this morning. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, zero catches on five targets? What the fuck? I guess all that fucking means is that Calvin Ridley's going for a hundred plus with a touchdown or fucking nothing at all. Yeah, that was that was insane. I mean, you don't usually see a guy of that caliber get five targets and and come up come up with a goose egg. That was very very weird to watch. Um, I I, th- I think I think what helped that case was that. Julio re-aggravated his fucking hamstring injury pretty early. Mm-hmm. And, okay, and then it's just like, okay, now our focal point on defense goes defense goes to Calvin Ridley. Right, like, right. Um, so the Packers, though, they're, they're not looking too bad. I mean, they have put up, I think it was uh, 148 or 150 points through four games to start the year. Aaron yep, Rodgers man. is a very, very, very um, bitter man. I think you can say he's a man Aaron, on a mission. He feels slighted, and he is out to to you know take it out on the rest of the league. Aaron Rodgers right now, the first four games, has the best QBR through the first four games in NFL history. Uh, it's just it's it's. It, the level of petty this guy can fucking right. It, it reminds it reminds you of like Michael Jordan, not in the sense that they're the same player, but that mentality Jordan had. You know, when you when we watched uh, the Jordan documentary um, when it came out on uh, uh, on ESPN and a few months back, and you saw just into that mindset of the guy that takes every little slide against him and how he uses that as fuel. Aaron Rodgers has that. Yeah, it's 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 mind numbing because it, it, it's not like it's not like the Packers have been playing slumps outside of I don't know the fucking Falcons and how Dan Quinn still has a job. I I that yeah. motherfucker should have been walking home from fucking Mercedes Benz. Right, him him and him and Bill O'Brien should have carpooled it. You know what I mean, but. I guess there was just one person in that car. Um, yeah. you, you you bring that up. You bring that up. How, Bill O'Brien gets fired after an 0-4 start as the GM slash head coach. How the fuck does Dan Quinn and Adam Gase still have a job? Adam Gase, that one is beyond me. I do. I, I don't understand how people. Ow. I still. I still heard the the Jets GM. Uh, I believe it was about a week and a half ago, actually came out and said that Adam Gase is an offensive genius. Look, Adam Gase put together an amazing season as an offensive coordinator back when he was at Denver, I think in 2013, 2014, and they had uh, the most prolific offensive season ever, right? And he was the offensive coordinator, and and he has been writing that reputation through, through just running teams through the mud. After that, he went his the uh, he became the coach the teams that he coached after that, 21st in offense, 24th in offense, 25th in offense, 31st in offense, 32nd in offense and currently again this year 32nd in total offensive yards. You add that up. I no, as, yeah. As of as of last like before <laughs> After their the the because I know they played Thursday, so after their Sunday game, mm-hmm. prior to the Jets Broncos game this Thursday, mm-hmm. there were agents confirming that the front office for the Jets are are inquiring about new head coaches. How the fuck does he still have a job? They lost to the Broncos and a third string quarterback. How the fuck does this happen? They gave up thirty seven points to a Broncos with a third string quarterback, mind you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was because they put up 28 points somehow in that game, and uh, I guess that's enough to make people think that they have a chance. I don't know. It's beyond me. Um, so that wraps up our report card section here, and we're just gonna move right right into uh, the next part, which is going to be um looking at Thursday's game. So we got coming up in a couple of days. We got the Bears and the Bucks. Tyler, what do you think? It's in Tampa Bay, right? Uh, no, it's in Chicago. Oh, 
Oh, it's in Chicago. I, be- I believe so. Hold I believe on. so. I'm pretty sure this game is in Tampa Bay. I can't and be really, wrong. even if it is in Chicago, uh, I, the line score it is. It, yep, you you're right. It is in Chicago. The line score does not reflect. So the current line score is four uh, is four point five. So four and a half. Four and a half points. Tampa Bay. Correct. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. And here's the crazy part. I looked at it earlier today. The line score was five and a half points against Tampa Bay. So people are actually betting on the Bears. And it's moved the yeah. line a full point in, in about 12 hours. I, well, they're fucking wrong, especially after what went down on Sunday. Right. Um, no. Brady, if you think that – playing at Soldier Field, and, oh, it might be a little chilly. Brady spent his entire career in New England. So I, I think that the only only thing you can look at and say, here's where the Bears have a chance, is that the Bucks are pretty banged up, especially with their offensive weapons, um, and they're coming off a short rest. So uh, that said, it's not enough for me to change my mind. I'm still taking the Bucks, and I'm taking them to cover. I think they win this one by about six points. It's nowhere close enough for me to think that the Bucks aren't covering over a touchdown. Over. Because you got the number one defense. Guess who's the number two defense? The Bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking right. Yeah. And I do. No, Nick Foles isn't going to figure it out. I'm sorry. Nick Foles is. <clears throat> Everyone hangs on to that thought of Nick Foles. He's a prolific quarterback. He's a, he won a Super Bowl. He had like seven good games. Yeah, he's been he's a journeyman. He he's fits magic without the ring and the beard. So, looking at the game, all right. If you got if you got players on your fantasy team that are playing Thursday night, give me one fantasy stud and one fantasy dud. Hmm. Let me give you mine while you're pondering. Go ahead. My fantasy stud for this game, Ronald Jones. Bucks. Ah. The, uh, uh, he ran for he ran for over a hundred yards last week while the Bucks were in a negative game script. They're still running the ball. They're going to always run the ball. Uh, Leonard Fournette is still banged up. The receiving core is banged up. Um, I think this is going to be a really nice place for, for Ronald Jones. And the Bears, surprisingly, very average against the run. They are right in the middle of the pack against the run. Uh, they But they do have uh, either, I can't remember, it was either the best or the second best passing defense. So the yeah. Bears do are, are susceptible to the run. I think Ronald Jones uh, gets himself somewhere near 100 yards and a touchdown this game. So I'll go with my fantasy stud but i'm gonna go with this more as a sleeper okay i touched on it earlier cameron braid with with oj howard out gronk like let's stop fucking pretending that gronk is who gronk was he's not he's not he's he's not i like the cameron Braid pick yeah i i would go with cameron Braid as the the stud in quotation sleeper, I would go with him, especially with OJ Howard done for the rest of the year. Okay. My uh, my bust. Who's your fantasy dud? Yeah, let's hear it. My fantasy dud, and this is dependent on whether Chris Godwin plays or not. Is it the same one I got? It, he plays for the same team as Cameron Brait. Does he play at the same position as Chris Godwin? Yeah, it would be Mike Evans. Absolutely. I, That's my guy, too. That's my dud. My dud would be Mike Evans, strictly because, like, uh, Mike Evans, yes, he had a great game last week. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, he was targeted at the 1, 1, 2, and 23 yard line. Like, it, Brady wasn't looking for him when Godwin wasn't on the field. Right. And and you can't can't forget either. He left the game. He was injured. Left the game. Yeah. Came back. Right now, 
you see, you saw a guy like uh, we actually saw that earlier in the year with Henry Ruggs did something similar, right? The, when you come back in in the same game, that doesn't necessarily mean everything's okay because that that right. injury could feel a lot worse the next day, right? When your muscles actually have time to feel the soreness. Uh, yep. So I don't. I, I believe he's leaning toward. He's trending towards. He's gonna play. Um, but if he does, I, he was looking pretty hobbled out there. I think he's gonna have a hard time getting separation. Um, as good as Mike Evans is as a player, I don't think this is gonna be. I don't think this is gonna be his night against a great pass defense. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'm if I have if I have a better fantasy option at receiver, I'm I'm sitting Mike Evans down. Yeah, I would. I would look. I would lean more towards Godwin than Evans. Correct. I would as well. So, all right. Well, that wraps it up for us today. I hope everyone uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, we will be back this weekend where we're going to go ahead and cover the rest of the games. We're going to be doing two podcasts over the weekend, one to talk about the games, the other one to talk about your fantasy lineups. Uh, if you can, please go ahead, uh, support our show, like us, follow us on Twitter. We would love any feedback and we would love your support. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, fuckfaces. Bye.